The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by Hillsboro Yarn Shop, voted best yarn shop by our Hillsboro Yarn Shop employees. Have a cup of herbal tea and knit with us at Hillsboro Yarn Shop. Your business name here, proudly serving Hillsboro since Sight Year here, your business name here, and Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Optimistically spiritless episode of the Winefellers ever. It's time to get undressed for success with Frederick Ost, founder of Shower Beer. What is Shower Beer, you ask? Well, your wildest dreams have come true because Shower Beer is a revolutionary beer designed specifically for drinking in the shower. And that's coming up soon during the first half of our show. During the second half of our show, we will once again be speaking with our favorite amazing French delicacy, Flo. She is returning for another stunning Flo Nose segment. All this and some more ill-considered Winefellers song exclusives right here on a steamy and moistened episode of the Winefellers. Mark! First, what in the world are we drinking? Hey, Joe. It's good to see you. We were off last week and I missed you so much, but I'm glad we're back in the studio because this is our best episode ever. I can just tell. 
I can too. I love your enthusiasm, Mark. Well, I mean, how could I not be enthused? We are going to learn today about shower beer, and if you've never taken a, sh- <laughs> a if shower, never, if you've never taken, a shower. if you've never taken a shower, or if you've never had a beer, now it's time to do both, or just turn off the radio. <laughs> That's right. Be- but this is this really this will speak. If you are into showers and the beer, this will speak to both of you, <laughs> or something. <laughs> but yes, we're going to learn a lot. I just have a feeling. And we have our favorite French delicacy joining us. What? And she's sitting right next to us. Hey, Flo, how you doing? Good. I'm happy to be back. Well, we're so glad that you're here, and we're we're just we're starting off with a wonderful uh, wine. Yes. Uh, today we're drinking a 2004 Dunham Cabernet Sauvignon. This is from Columbia Valley, and by when I say Columbia Valley, this is from Washington State. Now, most of Washington's grapes are grown in the desert east of the Cascade Mountains in the Columbia and Yakima River Valleys. Uh, and this is about as much knowledge as you're going to get from the show today. <laughs> why on the uh, why on the far side of the mountain? Well, it, it's all the rain has fallen at that point. Yeah, so the desert conditions, and, and uh, they even it gets so dry there they have to irrigate sometimes. And uh, this is really uh, some ways you can really control the water content and get the perfect grape. It's wine from a desert. Yeah, that's right. They've air, they, they've specially irrigated. It's 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 a, and they have some of the best Cabernet Sauvignons in the world coming out of there now. And what do you think about this flow? Do you like the wine? Yes, I like it very much. Um, what I like, and actually, I was very surprised the first time I had the, my first sip, is that there is an explosion of lush black fruits, you know, in your mouth. And it just does not go away right away. I mean, it just stays there, and it's really uh, yep. nice. Flo's exactly right. Yeah, it, dead it, on. And you know, it reminded me something was because when she said it was a explosion of black fruit, because my wife just bought me some uh, what are those co- those chips called takis? Yes, takis. And there's these special chips that are spicy chips that you can buy. And um, my wife just bought me explosion flavor. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what it was, but it's really good. Uh, well, there was a uh, for a short time a soda called Splode. Splode. <laughs> yeah, and, and it featured various people opening the soda. You and know, exploding. they're always rocking out, uh, and, then, and then it looks like a bomb had gone off. Yes, I mean you know it's it's perfect marketing to name anything. How explosion. what what does the uh, what does explosion taste like, Mark? It's, it, I didn't know before, but it tastes a lot like uh, pepper, hot pepper. Oh, yep. <laughs> that that sounds a lot less interesting. Yes, but this wine is very nice. It's kind of orangey, kind of taste of peppermint. What what they could have gone so many other uh, ways with the naming of that. I mean. Uh, <laughs> of of explosion of, of splo- well, tell me the exact flavor it's it's it is me- it apostrophe explosion or is it explosion no it's explosion s p l o s i o n with an apostrophe at the front no it's it's spelled like you think explosion <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> why on, didn't Joe. i think of that yeah i mean but it could you know uh like you order uh I've been into restaurants before, and the, they have catchy names like uh, the the cheeseburger that comes with a fried egg and bacon is called the heart attack. Yeah, that's clever, right? I mean, but this 
product doesn't actually explode. No, I think this. Uh, I think Takis are made for a younger generation. In fact, I think you. I think one of your sons uh, is, really enjoys eating Takis. Am I correct? Yes, uh, it is correct. He loves it. Yeah, so it's probably the world's perfect food, whether you're five or eight. <laughs> the thing is, uh, I don't know if you've. Yes, I guess you tried, but. Um, I tried several times, and when you eat a little bit too much, it can really, uh, um, yeah, you know, it, it burns. Burns. But your but your son actually he, his favorite flavor is Fuego. I actually remember. <laughs> yeah, Fuego. It's true. Oh my god! <laughs> but I actually like Fuego better than Splosion. I was telling my wife, bring home Fuego, not Splosion. <laughs> but you know, when you know, <laughs> how uh, how. Because uh, we have flow here, uh, we've talked about in the past the inspection <laughs> of your own feces. Oh, gee, <laughs> goodness gracious, Joe! You like how this that's, escalates that's quickly a here? Great segue. What <laughs> <laughs> from something? Well, you're talking about eating chips. Flo's saying it I burns your stomach. No idea. You're this eating is fuego, from. fuego and explode. What do you think is going to happen? Has, <laughs> I have no idea where how you sure got. Sure, you don't. No, it doesn't mean you have to expect anything. <laughs> goodness gracious. Well, now, but that's my question right now. What's that? What does it do to your inside? I've never looked. Have you eaten? Explode? Oh, uh, no, fuego. Fuego. I've, you've you've eaten fuego. Yeah, I've eaten fuego. You have explode at I home ha- right now. I have explosion at home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and have you eaten the them? And then hours later, had a bowel movement. I don't remember. Oh come on. <laughs> Maybe because you don't want to remember. Yeah, that's I right. can't believe we're talking about this. But it's, you know, listen, <laughs> we're trying to class things up here uh, oh. at, uh, at the wine fellers. But uh, you know, yeah, good luck with that. Well, so how have things been going, Joe? Things have been things have been going fine. I've got, as you can tell, I have a lot of a lot on my mind. You have these days. incredibly men on your mind. Um, I've I was uh, I was. Thinking about, we were talking shower beers earlier. That's right. right. Uh, we're going to have uh, Frederick on uh, later, and um, here's here's my thought: is there seems to be a beer for everything, or a drink for everything, yes. or at least a reason to drink it for an occasion? Yeah. Um, and as we know, showers excuse to drink, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, airplanes use a need to drink. Yeah, you know, true. whether you're here or there, it's just all different things. The airplane thing popped into my head. Okay. Because there was a, uh, I saw a video. It kind of was one of these things that went viral today. Okay. It was a man who was pulled off uh, a plane, mm-hmm. right, by uh, armed or very strong bouncers. I don't know. What are those? Are they're they bouncers. Air yeah. marshals. Yeah, plane bouncers. I think they're, li- I prefer the term air marshal, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's right. like, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a just plane a plane bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man, air marshals do not like it when you talk this way to them, Mark. Oh, really? Oh, they take their job very seriously. They are securing America's skies after all, I've never all, seen one. Well, that's what they want you to think. Oh, They're really? always sitting next to you. So this guy gets pulled off, Mark. Yes. Um, and I was thinking, uh, it was an outrage. Man gets pulled off plane, it said. And, and I'm like, well, he was probably drunk. Right. right? Well, turns out that uh, the airline... That uh, they overbooked the plane. Okay, so it's totally booked with paying passengers. Then they come on the over uh, overhead intercom saying, "We overbooked. We need more space for United employees." 
who need to get to this destination to do their job. Oh. So uh, we're going to offer you guys, you know, four people, four hundred bucks each oh, nice. to get off. Well, no one volunteered. Oh, so then it was, and so then, mandatory. and they, and then the air marshals stand up in the aisles. Someone has to choose. Someone has to choose now, and no one would would choose. No one would volunteer, right? And so then uh, someone came uh, on the intercom, and they were like, "All right, since you." Since you uh, passengers have failed to do this, oh, no. we are having the computer randomly select four people. Oh, boy. This is going to cause problems. One of the guys they selected was a doctor <laughs> and he who did. needed to get to his patients in this other city. Yeah. And he's trying to explain to these guys that fact. Yeah. And they wouldn't have it. Yeah. They were like, air marshal training engage. Oh, so they... Pulled this man out of his seat. Grabbed him. Grabbed him. Dragged him down the aisle. Uh, uh, happy ending is the guy actually got back on the plane. Because I think what happened is some of the passengers saw this and overheard it and were like, yeah. man, let the doctor get to his patients. Uh, fine. I'll take the $400. Let him back on the plane. Right. It's like, I've got heart surgery Goodness tomorrow. Gracious. Yeah. So as you can tell, I'm a little excited, but also interested. Right. You know, it, it's, uh, it, was, it was a good ending. But, well, I mean, but it, that, it, 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 it did end well, but, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> did he really need to get back to his patients? I mean, I heard he was a toe doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he was drinking. And maybe he was drinking. And maybe he wasn't even a doctor. But <laughs> I, but it was a really nice story. <laughs> that didn't go, that, didn't, that was better in my head when I was No, dying. no, it was a good story. <laughs> and I think there's a moral. Don't What's get that? off the plane. Don't get off the plane. Don't. Go anywhere. Frederick Ost, founder of Shower Beer, is up next. all day and into the night with our backs against the wall forced into a gunfight Against the wall, forced into a gunfight. 
ever since. The two historic innovations of drinking beer and taking showers. Drinking a beer in the shower has always involved the strenuous process of grabbing a beer from the fridge, opening it, and then drinking it in the shower. But things are now completely different. Ever since Frederick Oost founded Shower Beer, the revolutionary beer designed specifically for drinking in the shower. With Shower Beer, the process of grabbing a beer from the fridge, opening it, and then drinking it in the shower has never seemed so different. Frederick Oost, welcome today, right now, to a very special edition of the Winefellers. Frederick, welcome. Thank you. It is Thank a pleasure. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to have you here. Oh it's yes, it's a pleasure of being here. Well, as soon as we learned about Shower Beer, we knew we had to have you on because we have so many questions for you. T tell us uh, and our listeners, uh, we know what Shower Beer is, but just go over it one more time. Let us know. Make sure we've got it right. What is Shower Beer? Well, to start off, I'm not a lone genius. This is made with my agency and I'm a partner of Snask and this genius brewery called Pang Pang Brewery in Stockholm. And we've been working together doing like design for beers. And instead of getting paid, we were like, why not? Why can't you just make us a beer maybe one day? And then we just decided to like, let's make because we like to drink beer in the shower naturally, as everyone does. Of course. Sane person does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so we were like, let's, let's make a beer that is specifically made for extra sane people who drink beer in the shower. Uh, so we decided to make a, a pale ale that is 10% strong, half the size, and I'll explain soon. It's because a normal size beer will quickly get warm, so you want it smaller than a normal beer. Smart. But you want it double the strong, so you get the kick from it, as if you would drink a real beer. So uh, that's really how it goes. It's also screen printed, so you get a better grip when you're holding it. I, I I love this uh, idea, Frederick. Um, now I love you. <laughs> I love you. This is, yeah, this is yeah, I I, I am a true fan of of the shower beer. Uh, uh, you know, I have not had your shower beer, but I have had many shower beers uh, mm -hmm. at home. Um, but uh, so yeah. so run us through the process of taking the perfect shower beer shower. Yes, what would that be like? Well, to us, I mean, any beer in the shower is a great shower beer as long as you enjoy it yourself. But something happens, like if you never had it, if you're a shower beer virgin or what you say, <laughs> something happens when you step into that shower, you put on the warm water and you drink a cold beer. Put on a little something music. Happens. That's put on right. a little music. We all know. We all know. Everyone has been through it. We know. We're like, yeah, it's, it's all news. But... It's something special. And I mean, that is like, I think the ultimate shower beer can be any beer, but we made one specifically made for the shower to like give the ultimate pregame feeling or the feeling of actually drinking or a beer specifically made for it. You know, when you're 
going to checking into a hotel in a new place, say Chicago, whatever, and someone, your friend said, yeah, let's meet in the lobby in 50 minutes. All right, all right. You come into your fancy room or whatever and whatnot. You put on your bag. You go into the shower. I mean, you want a shower bear. At that moment, and then you meet up with your friends in the lobby 50 minutes later. Well, you're you're speaking. <laughs> I lo- you are speaking our language. Speaking of the choir, so so you're saying this is more for later. This is not for the morning. This is not a morning shower beer. You're saying this is well, a- it can oh, uh, be right. I mean, uh, obviously, if if you're a winner, that's how you drink it. <laughs> you drink it in the morning. <laughs> if you're a winner. In fact, in fact, I see a lot more showers in my day, Mark. <laughs> it's like. You know, and in fact, well, let me ask you this, Frederick. So this is mm-hmm. a delicious, uh, high alcoholic IPA. I think the idea to make it smaller yet uh, uh, more powerful is is great. Um, how did you arrive? I understand the alcoholic content being higher. I understand the smaller bottle. But tell me again, walk me through the different options you had when you were thinking, is it IPA? Is it going to be a stout? Is it going to be a Pilsner or a, you know, a Hefeweizen? How did you land on IPA? It's not an IPA. It's a pale ale. Pale ale. Gotcha. Oh, pale okay. Ale. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Thank you. So, but what we wanted it to be was a fruit. We wanted it to be sweet, but strong. So we needed it to be, have a citrusy flavor. Well, we wanted it to have a citrusy flavor. Also, uh, sometimes when you brew beer, there can be a, like a small soapy aftertaste, uh, and sometimes people don't want that. Sometimes they want it. In this case, it's just the perfect like small, small tingle of that soapy taste, which isn't bad per se. It's it's a good feeling. Uh, it's citrusy, and with a pale ale, this is possible. You can also use this as a conditioner for your hair. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't I like recommend it. it. Nice. You should probably, I don't know read more or something become more interesting if you pour it in your hair instead of your throat but yeah oh, that's very nice so so uh joe and i think this is a wonderful product but absolutely we were, but when we were reviewing shower beer i have to say that there you have some critics now wh- the the one thing that i saw that people mentioned the most in, uh, about uh, uh your beer is they're wondering why the glass bottle instead of another bottle that might uh, not break and, when you're and, in the shower and i think i have the answer and it's logical, but Frederick, I'll let you answer the question first. Okay. Well, to start off, why buy a Van Gogh when you can buy a f- shitty Mickey Mouse painting? <laughs> well, obviously, because you have taste, good taste in aesthetics, in taste, in a lot of things. Absolutely. Uh, secondly, we never dropped a glass bottle in our life in the shower. And if we did, we wouldn't blame the bottle. We would blame <laughs> our hands. Uh, thirdly, a glass bottle will will, will keep a uh, beer fresh. A brown bottle will keep it fresh. And, uh, yeah, this, there are a lot of benefits to it. Uh, that's right. You well, know, you've convinced me. <laughs> now, <laughs> now uh, what is... Uh, what is we're talking about it's a 10% uh, ABV, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's half the size. Now, <clears throat> I'm, I'm thinking that we go even smaller but more powerful. Oh, like shots. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a shower beer. So when I'm – this sounds so delicious that I'm wanting to make an entire evening of, of this in the shower, Mark. Right. So obviously uh-huh. you start – 
the evening with beers. Okay. And then later move on to harder stuff. Okay. So I'm, you know, I'm envisioning a whole product line here. Right. So we're, we're thinking about like shower beer snacks and things like that. But I, I think this is, uh, I think you're really on to something. I think, uh, uh, I think uh, many people t- uh, drink beer in the shower. They just don't admit it. Uh, so what, uh, what question for you is, is that um, why uh, uh, another another issue is that uh, good lord, Mark, get it out. Is that <laughs> is that you? Uh, is, is your beer is it a twist off or is it a, is it is something that you? Uh, oh, Mark, is it a come pop on, top? it's twist off. It's oh, a twist off. Is it a twist off? No, it's not. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, no, no, I like. Obviously, that would be to prefer. Uh, unfortunately, guys, at this moment, it's not. Okay. Uh, maybe in the future it will be a small can, or I don't know. But let me just say this in regards to what you said earlier. Tom Hanks said, if you have enough of this, you will eventually lay, uh, end up laying in the bath, which nice. is amazing because that's what you're supposed to do in a bath, right? Absolutely. Right. No, I'm good. Mm. So now, now I'm going to say this. I'm going to I'm going to kind of piggyback on a statement here that Frederick made earlier. Okay. I think that by I think having the pop-off cap is better than a twist-off in this case. Okay. Because if you're going with the idea that you want to go authentic glass bottle, you wanna, right? You I mean, do the real you way. want the whole experience. And also, Mark, have you, you know, have you ever tried to open a wet bottle cap twist-off with your bare hand? You can't do it. You oh. got to go for your shirt. Or you might hurt your but, you might hurt your your, your But you're not you're in the shower, you're not wearing a shirt. No, I think you're right. I think for most people it'd be nothing to install a bottle cap opener in their shower. And I think uh, I would. I, I like th- that idea. I think it's a good idea. So How many how many how many how many good beers even have twist off? Exactly. Isn't it just Miller and Budweiser and shit like that? No, 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 no. You're, you're just just to let you know, we are on live radio, and I don't know how things. Oh, are. sorry. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're, I yeah, enjoy I it. I enjoy it. <laughs> That's all right, but we just you know, sorry. our Linda's trying to keep up bleeping you out, but we're we're good. We're good. <laughs> Linda has said that uh, it's it's fine, but we have to make a statement. Uh, we live in a police state here in the United States. Wow, we're not yeah. allowed allowed to say what we what we feel, um, and so uh, we need to, I guess, public publicly condone that type of language. Isn't that right? Right. Mark? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 what's next? I mean, my understanding is after I read an article that you guys sold out of this shower beer like in ten minutes or something, right? Yeah, the first batch went really fast, and we've been. Uh, uh, now we're we're actually the next second batch is in the tanks. Uh, the reason why it's been taking so long is because the bottles got delayed from Italy, and we can't start brewing if we can't if we don't know that we can bottle it at a certain. Now date. is that something we're nice. is that something we're saying that's with Italians that they're are they being are they late? No, oh Mark, come on! No, when you say when you say we, I'm not included. I'm the oh, one oh, thing that I, I just try to understand what you're saying. No, the, the, look, look, I the uh, <laughs> the bottles, half size bottles, yes. right from Italy. I, this is like turning out to be probably one of the finest masterpieces of beer. That's, right. That's like an Armani suit. You get your glass bottles from Italy. <laughs> I really, really like that. Now, uh, when you have more of this stuff. Uh, how how are you selling it? Are you are you going to stores? Are you just selling online? We here in in uh, the United States we have different laws regulating online sales of alcohol and 
how they can move between states. And I don't know what it's, it's like in your country. How are you distributing this stuff when you have it? Well, the thing is, we're, right now we're taking over Europe. Uh, as of your country, you have uh, uh, already have a beer that is called the same name as our beer. We do? Uh, of course, oh. it's just uh, a normal can with just beer inside. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but this this beer has, has, has really like made a statement that they are not going to, to like give in easy or not even cooperate. Uh, so right now we'll, we'll, we're trying to like find out how we can uh, release this beer on your market. Well, but wait uh, a second, your hashtag shower beer though. They're just shower beer, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So that you're a different name. Well, they're gonna be upset about it. Here's here's what gets me about that, Frederick. I did not know that we have a shower beer already in the exactly. U.S. Exactly. I mean, I know and, and the it's, fact that there's nothing special. No, exactly. They're just relying on the name mm-hmm. to sell their product when you guys are focusing more on, uh, you know, the quality of what's inside, the experience, the whole experience. Yeah, the whole experience of showering with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, if our listeners out there, if you've never had a, a, a beer in the shower before, we, we recommend no, it. Just turn, on, turn off your radio right now. And if you have never <laughs> had a shower beer before, then maybe this show isn't the right fit for you, Mark. So do you have Shame. Any- yeah. <laughs> I mean, for shame. Now, do you have anything in the, uh, scheduled for the future, anything, uh, anything uh, coming up uh, after you uh, release your next batch of shower beer, anything uh, in the marketing uh, future? We have a lot of beer ideas that we want to make, uh, but we, I can't tell them now because they would be spoiling. Is it going to be like a power tool <laughs> beer? <laughs> oh, Mark. Power well, tools. Um, it depends on what you mean with a power tool, Mark. <laughs> All right. Touche, and, um, Mark. Sure. Hey, so if someone wants to follow you and learn about when you're coming out with these new products – or when your next batch of shower beer comes out, how can someone make sure that, that they know the latest when it comes to your shower beer? They go to shower.beer. Nice. Shower.beer. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a, You're waiting that. for .com. Not, no, <laughs> I mean, there's, not .com or anything. There's a shower dot, dot There's beer. a dot .beer? Yep. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Why don't we have the Weinfellers.beer? That's Mark. amazing. Shower.beer. All right. Mm-hmm. We, we won't forget it. That's a great – go, please go to that website. Uh, Frederick, <laughs> Frederick, thank you so much for joining us today. Shower beer. you got to try it uh, when, if and when you can get it. Uh, thanks again uh, for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. And you're, not, you're allowed to say bad words with Budweiser in the same sentence. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Brady. <laughs> Today is a new day A warm and happy day A good time to be alive Say goodbye to the ice and snow Enjoy the red Bordeaux Look how you survive. But now is the spring of our discontent. Oh. You have a magic glow 
bet you'll steal the show You've rubbed me the right way You're the cream of the crop You've reached that hilltop You've blown the cobwebs away But now is the spring of our discontent Oh Today is a new day A warm and happy day A good time to be Goodbye to the ice and snow Enjoy the red Bordeaux Look how you survive But now is the spring of our discontent Now is the spring of our discontent to the orange fascist tyrant It's so great to have you back on the show. Flo's back. I can't Flo believe it. Flo is back. Better yes, than ever. Yes, I am. Um, we're about to have some knowledge bombs dropped on us, Joe. <laughs> Get ready, Mark. Well, let's, uh, let's, what questions do we have for Flo? First uh, of all, well, how have you been doing? Yeah, what, what's been going on? Mark, you're all business today, my well, friend. I know, but I can't wait to get to the questions. Y- things been good? Oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. You know, I'm an eternal optimistic person. I usually feel great. Good. You're looking more buff than usual. Yes, I've been working out. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> fantastic. Don't piss her off. Well, she's working her her mind is already perfect, right? You know, her her she mind can is a anything. steel trap. Now, now uh, she's going to have the body to match. That's right. Yes, but I don't like to work out. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound right at all, Flo. Well, I, I would know. admit, seriously, how many people really like to work out? Now, when you say really like to work out, what do you mean? Enjoy. You know, have joy ha- as you working out, you know, <laughs> on these machines. Right. Well, I mean, I, I like to do, so, this. I like I th- to do the sauna yeah, and the whirlpool. I have met. That's working out. I have met people. Yes. Who <clears throat> actually enjoy working out so much 
it becomes a serious problem for them. Really? They become addicted to the exercise. Mm. And mm-hmm. so I, I would be a little worried if someone said to me, I love working out. Yeah. Well, those people don't listen to our show. <laughs> so do you love working out? You do not. You she does no, not. I don't. I do it because I feel like it's necessary. And then, you know, when I work out, I like the the outcome, how I feel after the workout. And that's the only reason. How much weight do you use on a, on, on for a curl for a dumbbell? Mark, y'all should just. To push up, no, see who can I just want to know. That's a very personal question. Oh, you're not going to tell me? I'll tell you. I do two and a half pounds. <laughs> You've got those little Velcro weights that wrap around your hand. <laughs> I know the Leo. Just a, they have foam around no, them so you don't hurt yourself. It's just a sock full of beans. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half pounds of beans. All right, guys, we have questions. I've got questions f- uh, flying up on the screen here. Um, tweet from at uh, Buddy Light who lives in Raleigh, <clears throat> listens to us via WRLY. Uh, he writes, how on earth are... Oh, this is, re- this is kind of related that here, Mark. a good question. How on earth are French people so skinny depi- despite living off fatty French food? I've often wondered that. <laughs> yes, I will say that in, in general, people tend to be slimmer, uh, but it's not... Uh, I would say it's less and less true, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yes. Because um, French people seem very thin, and they eat all those beignets. How is that possible? <laughs> well, well that's it's, what it's a question of uh, portion. You um. know, if you. So I will say, since I've lived in the U.S. for many years, I have uh, observed differences uh, between, you know, the way the the French uh, eat and the way you eat here. And I would say one of the biggest difference is the um, portion size, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, uh, we do have smaller portion in France in general when you go to a restaurant. So I think the, we go for quality, um, less for quantity. Um, that's one of the biggest differences. Another one that I have noticed is the time you spend eating. In mm. fact, I've, um, I, I, I am a member of Toastmasters International, and I have to present on a regular basis. And so I was actually um, um, wanted to know the importance of eating at the table. And um, I've researched that on, on average, Americans spend, you know, less than 10 minutes um, eating at the table. Wow. So what does, you know, what does it do, you know, to you? Um, I, you know, you tend to eat more than you should. Yep. In fact, you know, it really takes 20 minutes for your brain to um, know you're full. Yeah. So if you eat uh. less than 20 minutes, you tend to eat a lot more than you do, than you should. In fact, there is um, after... A meal, you know, or someone um, will ask, "Well, are you full?" It was very, in a very interesting question when I arrived in the U.S. Am I full? I mean, it's. I would have asked the question differently. Like, did you enjoy the meal? Uh, see, I come from a different school of thought. If I was given That's a choice between one really great piece of chicken or a whole bucket of average chicken, uh-huh. I, I think I'd go with a whole bucket. Not not me, Mark. I like uh, I like the idea of um, 
this this thought here, Flo, that the quest that question kind of summarizes a big problem here in America, right? Are you full? Are you full? And you know, I think that. So I grew up uh, with uh, grandmothers and grandfathers who were children during the Great Depression, hmm. right? And it was always it, there was this infatuation with getting me or any of the grandchildren to eat all the food on their plate, mm. right? To um, to you know eat until they were full, right? Because these were kids, these were grandparents that grew up oh, during the depression. During the depression, they didn't right. have, you know, they might not have food. Now there's plenty, but I think it's almost like it's swung too far. The pendulum has swung too far now. But now, let me interject, you know, in France, uh, we have lived through the, you know, the the First World War, the Second World War. Our grandparents actually uh, experienced uh, um, the lack of food. Mm. But that's not the reason, mm. you know, it mm. was not a reason for them to eat more than you should. In fact, yes, I was, the way I was raised is you finish your food um, that it serves, but the portions uh, are smaller, smaller, and that's it. So if we had, were raised by essentially grandparents with the same uh, behaviors, mm-hmm. right, telling us eat your food, eat everything on your plate, what's going on here in America to create this portion problem? Yeah, what's going on? You Blow? see it. You see it everywhere. You, like I'll, I'll one one ca- one case in point. Uh, I don't, how long have, I don't know if you've been in the United States long enough to remember when a small French fry and drink at McDonald's was actually pretty tiny. It was like a child size. Right. But now if you get a small French fry and drink at McDonald's, it's, huge. It, it's like it's giant. It's yeah. like three sodas in one. What's going on? I guess it's a question of value. You feel like if you, you know, you need to get... Um, like a large portion and it's worth your money you spend um you feel like you get extra in france we do value uh quality i mean i wish i could take the two of you to a grocery store in france you will not believe what you can find and then we have so many fresh uh, markets twice three times a week anywhere in france in any uh you know cities or uh, or small towns, you know, it, the, I, the food is fresh. Is uh, I hear there's great. good cheese, yes, and wine. Oh yes. Can what you, what would surprise us the most? What would American it, slices be called in France? American what slices cheese? American cheese. What do they call American cheese in France? I you're not known for your cheese, so <laughs> I don't think in there's fact, a name in for fact, it. Mark, I think it's technically <laughs> called American cheese product. <laughs> Probably, I don't think it's technically a cheese. But all all seriousness, if you've ever had cheese that's unpasteurized, it's actually quite a bit better. Absolutely, I like that. So that's awesome. Well, I learned a lot. There's, you know, there's only a few things that um, I would like to add mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the difference. The I would say the. Um, the differences in our food culture is that, um, in general, our food has less sugar content. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, uh, when you buy, pro- um, I would say, 
prepared food, it has less sugar. In fact, when um, I uh, came to the U.S. and I used an American uh, book uh, for recipes, mm -hmm. I always have to reduce the amount huh. of sugar by half. Wow. Really? <laughs> Seriously. Yes, I, I do. It's just amazing. Wow. You really have a sweet tooth. And then another thing. And your that, cakes taste okay? Yes. I'm sure they do. Well, yes. I mean, it's interesting. It's that, flow. I know, but <laughs> half the sugar? I think I would taste that in a cake, don't well, you? Well, you know what? <laughs> I am not so sure, Mark. Really? I bet the sugar's going in there just because that's how it's always been done. Mm -hmm. I bet if you put just a little bit of sugar in there, because we've all had coffee that has way too much sugar in it, right? You back it off, and it's actually a little bit better. I think the same Maybe. thing could be said for cakes and sweets and all things like that. So do, you, do you put cornstarch in your cake? No, absolutely not. Mm. No. I, I would still love a cake. Mark, I, I will take the whole cake. We okay. don't need to share no, it with I, Mark. I'm just saying, a half the sugar, that seems like a lot less sugar. I've just, you know. Well, that's really interesting. I've learned a lot. <laughs> but the thing is, I use sugar. I don't use any kind of substitute. You know, when I use um, so you don't, you you know, don't milk, put, you don't I put don't. You don't put Splenda in your cake. Absolutely not. So when, you use, when I use uh, basically milk, it's going to be whole milk. It's not going to be 2% milk. Oh, I see. You yeah. know, just right. get the right the the truth you know the true stuff mark is flagging me down here i've got another um uh, an email just came in from puddin pickens puddin 72 pickens, 72 at aol.com okay i just said their entire email oh well on live radio well you'll get some emails puddin well pickens. that's what you get if you don't sign your your email with a name you I signed it with email. an email address okay this is another food question here flo uh puddin asks is it possible to make toast in a microwave? A toast in a microwave? No, I just don't see it. And the reason is that I like my toast when it's crunchy. The microwave does not make your food crunchy. So um, I would say definitely not. Joe, have you ever tried to make a toast in a microwave? <clears throat> I've not. And Flo's exactly right. You need those, those hot um, elements to almost singe the surface of the toast. And what the microwave is doing is simply exciting those water molecules in the bread. Wow. So it's going to create steam. It's going to get soggy. And if you, we've, we've all put a hamburger bun right yeah. in the microwave for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. but if you go too long, it turns out bad. What happens if you reheat toast in a microwave? Well, that's exactly where I was going. I bet that you could reheat toast. It could get soggy. But here's my idea. Uh, We've all had hot pockets. That's right. The uh, frozen uh, delicacies mm. that, uh, you know, they've got the pizzas in them or the broccoli and cheese or whatever, but it's... Oh, we all know them. Yeah, okay. Um, but they come with a little silver sleeve mm -hmm. that you, you've put the little frozen pastry in. And it crispies them up. It's supposed to. But you know, this. I think we're going to come up with a Weinfeller's product where we're going we're gonna to sell toast... And it's going to be in the freezer section, and you buy it, and you put the toast in the little sleeve, and you put it in the microwave oven, no, and no, you have no. toast. It's I mean, Weinfeller's toast. No, I want a toaster that singes our uh, portraits on your toast. <laughs> Ooh. Like, like, Weinfeller branded toast. Comes like, out of your toaster. It's got your face on one side and mine on the other. You mean like, well, you mean like Jesus was on the picture of a toast, and you sell it for a million dollars, but it'll be us. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, That's a great idea. Okay, look, Facebook message in here. All right. Uh, from Jerry Gusl 
Guzzlier. Guzzler, I guess. Okay. Uh, I am absolutely thrilled. My wife and I had our first baby six months ago. But uh, another medical question here, Mark. But as the baby has grown, he is starting to look, oh boy, more and more like my brother, Gerald, and less and less like me. Should I be concerned? What should I do? Well, you know what? I uh, I have two kids. <laughs> Do they look like their father? They did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. It's only when they <laughs> they they uh, <laughs> It's only when they got bigger and you know they grew up that uh, we could see uh, some similitude between my husband and the kid. Okay, so this is, so this isn't unusual. This is pretty normal you're saying. I would say yes, it is. Unless he has uh, you know unless you know he's, he has room for suspicion but <laughs> So, uh, well, Jerry's gonna be relieved. Jerry uh, Guzzler should not <laughs> worry at all, and he shouldn't do anything, right? I mean, just that is what it is. He's he's gonna be just fine. Well, the thing is, if he, you know, uh, if he's concerned, he can always have a talk with his wife. I think he just uh, needs to, you know, um, sh- tell her his concern. Right. I love. Your Flo, uh, for those of you tuning in for the first time, Flo has such a level-headed, and I know you'd agree with me, Mark, just mm-hmm. a, such a level-headed, uh, worldly view on so many topics. Yes. It's, uh, She's our fra- favorite French delicacy and knows everything about everything. I just love it. And, <laughs> and you're listening and, and, to the wine fellers. <laughs> yes, and, and, and the questions keep flying in. Um, this one, uh, another email from Charles. Charles? Charles? Charles. Sanderson. Charles Sanderson. Charles Charles Sanderson. Charles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Charles writes, my coworker Javier Hankins wants me to sell him my soul. Oh boy. What would be a fair price? And is there any downside? Well, does he need money? Well, I assume I assume Javier no, I assume the person <laughs> needs money. That's why they're considering. This is Charles. Charles needs money. That's why they need to sell their soul, I'm assuming. I, I Well, some people, maybe they just want to do it for the experience well, of they it. They just want extra cash. What is involved with the what selling of a soul? With selling your soul? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, um, well, it just, I guess, it depends how much he likes himself, you know. Um, there are some people who just, um, they're already uh, uh, tired of, of leaving. And, but uh, is there a downside? Because I think you still go on no, living, No, no, don't no. You? Well, I don't want to get onto that part yet. I want to know if this is actually a possibility. Can we sell our souls? <laughs> I, I will say uh, no. <laughs> no? No. Why would no? I mean, it's just not a tangible thing. Though we can value intangible uh, things like, you know, like corporations do, but um, what's to stop me from going on eBay right yeah. now? Oh, Mark, writing can't. a certificate that says "soul" I'm and not, selling. It. I'm not talking about selling it to, to any earthly being. 
right? And, you know, like <laughs> some guy in New Jersey shopping for souls on eBay. Or a I'm, coworker. I, I have heard uh, through, um, the, through the cinema uh, movies oh. and books. You've gone to the and, source. And books <laughs> that um, there's a lot of references to selling your soul to the devil. Well, Flo says you can't. I think you can't sell it to another person for money. You can't until there's a market for it. Okay, it's not between two people. You know, you need to have a market. Uh, Maybe if uh, one day we'll be on the New York Stock Exchange and there will be basically, you know, a price, uh, um, you know, uh, you can bid for it. and Like cap and trade. That's it. That's a good idea. You know, but uh, so far as as I know, there's no market for it. Is there a downside to selling your soul? She just said we can't sell our soul, Mark. Oh, wait. Okay, if a marketplace existed, let's go with it. Mm-hmm. What oh. would the downside be? What would it even mean to not be in possession of your soul anymore? Well, it probably wouldn't matter too much um, if they if they come and take the soul out of you. Mm-hmm. Are you there, like still? Oh, of course, you're still there. But what what would you be missing? Well, I think afterlife stuff. Oh, that's what it means to sell your soul. Is that right, Flo? Well, the the afterlife. Well, it's just uh, we don't know exactly what uh, should happen after your death. But um, someone may just feel like he just done a wrong trade, like selling something that he can't define. And he will, you know, maybe seem... Um, I don't know, concern. Um, it seems like the worst that could happen would be an eternal damnation. But aside from <laughs> Is that all? But, Is but, that all? But in the short term, you can get like a new VCR or something, whatever you want. <laughs> I, I think I, what... <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess. So, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to do like... You a know, VCR. Or, yeah, a VCR. It's or whatever <laughs> these kids are looking at these days. <laughs> <laughs> what, what could could you could you could you sell a part of your soul? Could you sell a part of your soul? You know, I guess when there's a market for it, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> just repeat myself. But <laughs> <laughs> what what should we we should come up with this marketplace, Mark? I think so. And I, we should have an air. We'll we'll start it up out at our uh, Winery Fifty One uh, Secret Projects Arena. Well, but we do auctions. I mean, why can't we do auctions for souls? Well, I think there's there's a couple issues here, right? You need to be licensed? Um, it's like when you look up in the sky mm-hmm. and you see a star. Uh, they're discovering new stars all the time. They haven't named them all. And you can pay $20 to get a star named after you. And some... Uh, crackpot organization <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> prints out like in, in like I've in the calligraphy this. font right. their inkjet printer. This star is named after you. <laughs> yeah, Mark Star. Right. Joe's Star. Exactly. Winefeller's Star. But that's true. But it's how just, do you know that like, that's your star? Yeah, you know, like all of a sudden, it's not like they're sending out a message to all the intelligent life throughout the universe. Well, they're not this, letting the plan the planets around that star know <laughs> that that planet is now named Jerry. I, I think a soul uh, a marketplace would be very much the same. Yeah. Oh, uh, you won Mark's soul for a thousand dollars. Here's your certificate that that's you right. own his soul. But that's why it's brilliant. You just keep on selling your same soul. I like this idea. Is is there could you because in some ways you're selling the experience of your soul. 
No, just of buying someone's soul. It just must be. It must be thrilling to buy somebody's soul. I agree. Uh, Flo, would do you see this uh, any problems with with this enterprise? <laughs> uh, you know, if um, you know, if some individuals are want the experience of selling and buying souls, I mean, <laughs> what can I say? You well, know, um, we're free. To the the take home <laughs> message is the take seriously. The take home message is Charles. Let Javier Jenkins <laughs> yeah. Get buy his, your soul. Sure. It'll Get a be, great price for gonna it. It's going to be fine. Nothing is going to be no downside. You are good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Flo, thank, thank you, you so much, Flo. Thank you for being on the show we today. Appreciate it. And dealing with the crazy people on the internet. We can't wait to have you on again. <laughs> Thanks, Flo. Me too. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines. Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye. Cause I sang songs, spun stories, love, laughed and drank wine. Tomorrow is another day. The cats are out to play, to play. That old crusty spaceship wants to sail into the Milky Way again on a river of red, red wine. Run, 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 run.
streaming live at WHUPFM.